now listening to The Prime Podcast, a show dedicated to exploring and investigating all things health, fitness, and performance related. When something is in its prime, it is at its best. This includes us as humans. Are you ready to take on the world? Then join us on this journey to live life in your prime. Here we go. Hey guys, welcome back to The Prime podcast. And today I'm very, very excited to have a special guest with us, uh, Dr. Shante Cofield, aka The Movement Maestro, if you follow her on Instagram, which many of you probably do because of you hear me talk about her a lot. Uh, one of my best friends, uh, we met way back. Yeah. It seems like so far ago it now. Was. It was. Uh, yeah, we met in Brooklyn and we were actually just talking about you on the previous podcast with Canino, how we kind of met and that, uh, you know, the, the, how CrossFit has brought us and met so many great people throughout yes. that avenue. So what I want to do here, um, Shantae, I said Dr. Cofield, right? She is a physical therapist, but right now her main deal is being an online business coach, helping people brand themselves, do their deal, and kind of living their best life. So that's kind of where we're going to go. So Shantae, let us get a little bit of background. Let's start from the beginning, kind of what got you into your early career? Why did you change? So on and so forth. And, uh, you know, where, where does all of this fit in? Sure thing. So first off, thank you for having me. I'm stoked to be here. I always love getting to catch up with you. And it really has been that long. Nelly wasn't even around yet. So like it yeah, has Nelly been a long there. time. Like, things that we've been through a lot. Uh, and it's, it's awesome to see where you're at. So thanks for flipping the script today and bringing me on. Uh, and I get to do the easy job of just talking, talking, talking. Uh, but yeah. my background, I got into physical therapy basically because I decided I didn't want to go and become an orthopedic surgeon. Uh, I tore my ACL like so many young females, tore my ACL when I was 15. That really first exposed me to PT and orthopedics. Um, actually, before that, I wanted to be a surgeon for whatever reason. I, I just kind of always, I think I like building stuff, putting things together. Uh, and so I tore my ACL, got exposure to surgery and, and PT. And I made the switch actually in college. So I was pre-med. I went to Georgetown. Played soccer there, um, battling injuries all the time. And at the end, I was like, I don't know if I want to go to med school. I'm not sure if I want to spend my whole life doing this. I'm not sure if I can hack it, to be completely honest. I saw a lot of my friends not getting accepted. And I was like, I'm a little nervous about this. Spoke with my advisor, and he was like, what about PT? And my only uh, exposure to PT was my own personal experience. And I was kind of like, okay, why not? I wasn't like, yes, that's the best. Yeah. Like, I'm just kind of like, okay, let's, let's try this. I went to PT school. I applied, got in, I went to PT school at NYU and hated it. Hated every minute of it. I was like, I made the wrong choice. Like this is honestly, and I think that if anyone that's an athlete, you kind of used to having to work really hard all the time. And yes, it's great when you're good at something, but you're still able to work harder at it. Right. It's one of the, I think the beauties of, of CrossFit or learning new sports is that you can always get better at something. Sure. When I went to PT school, I was kind of like, this is too easy. And I was so used to having to work so hard all the time that I didn't just accept it. I was like, oh, maybe you're good at this. And like, this is a good thing. So I, I really didn't like it. Um, I got my first job and was like, I still don't like this. The, the model is flawed. And I, I, I just wasn't sure that this is what I wanted to be doing. Um, and basically, you know, social media and CrossFit were two of the things that really turned that around for me. And discovering CrossFit, meeting you and learning more about movement and, uh, you know, realizing that there was more to physical therapy than working in a clinic. 
And right. that was a really, really big change for me. I know it kind of summarized like, you know, 10 years, 10 plus years of my yeah, life very right? quickly there. But like, <laughs> that's, that's really what happened was discovering, you know, I was really big into running. Um, I'm built like a grasshopper, like I mainly made more silver, things like that. Um, but discovering CrossFit while I was running and because of, of treating people and CrossFit got really big and I was like, maybe I should do the things that my, some of my patients are, are trying and wanting to learn more about movement from that capacity. And I was like, oh, and that put me onto social media and social media is really what largely changed my life and you know got me different types of jobs and different types of opportunities and landed me to where I'm at today. Awesome. So you said it was it was too easy. So I want kind of want to dig into that a little bit. So PT, you know, like you're saying, like so in sports, you know, I work really hard. Or if I'm even like weight training, if I the barbell doesn't lie, right? So if I hit oh. if I hit the gym, I do this, I know I'm gonna get better. So PT, because of the model and, and just like there's like, oh, there's these specific ways I'm gonna treat shoulder pain and then mm -hmm. blah, 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 blah. I go through these steps in this clinical model, and that's all there is. And I just keep kind of doing this hamster wheel type of thing. Is that yeah. what you meant? Yeah. So it was largely the the schooling part was too easy because they do present it like that. It's kind of like right. You know, I went to Georgetown. I worked really hard there. I had to work really, really hard. But you go to med. That's a different like, world, right? You know, it was. It wasn't even the pre-med classes as much as it was my my major, my track, which was human science. I had to work really hard, and I loved it. But I also like, traditional academia. Like, there's a reason that I think there's like a meme that's like, um, it's a it's like a bunch of monkeys. Maybe I don't know. They're touching a, an elephant, and they're trying to guess what it is, but they're all blind. And yeah. it's like everyone has a different perspective on things. And so that's largely what you see with school. Like if you're really good at, at standardized testing, then it's like, oh, you're really smart. But it's like, actually, the other person's really smart too, just in a different way. So that's I got right. really good. Like I'm very good at standardized tests. I'm very good at you know, knowing how to get through the system that way. And so going into grad school and PT school, it was just more of that. We had a lot of like, you know, transitional students. So people that were second career and they hadn't been in school in a long time. And they're like, what is this PowerPoint? And I had to learn it this way. And it was really hard for them. For me, mm -hmm. I'm like, we're just regurgitating information. This is not hard. Like, I've been doing this for the past four years. You just keep going. And so when they're out teaching you these things, it's like, just remember this and then do that. It was too easy. When you get into actual PT, it's not like that. And you're like, but I did the special tests and your pain's still there. What do I do? So, yeah. you know, that did get me a bit more interested. But then you you're coming up against that model of, but you're only treating them for six to eight weeks, twice a week. And like, they're not getting better. And what do you do? And there was a big, like, dissonance there where I was like I was taught this thing I was really good at that but I didn't really enjoy it and now I'm in the real world trying to help people and I like that but I can't actually help them I, I'm not sure I know what I'm doing and I was really 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 unhappy with the model and you know to be quite honest if I didn't have so much debt I probably would have left but right. I was like I have to stay and prove to myself that I didn't make a mistake and that's what kept me in it awesome so and in there too before we, we had talked about kind of like branching out like you were a big runner like when i met you you had mm -hmm. just finished I think, doing the new york city or marathon was yeah. it new york city marathon? yep yeah and uh i remember doing a workout with you like early on in your crossword days and like out and you're like yeah i run i run marathons i was like running a mile as fast as i can and shantae's like just bopping around the street i was like yeah what are you why are you running so fast right now calm down this is not how we do it in the crossword world all right we're just <laughs> All right. But it was okay. I, I kind of kept up a little bit. I was gasping for air. She's like having a conversation with me. But and then we did a million pull-ups and I got wrapped up. So yeah. And we're running down like Fifth Avenue in Brooklyn somewhere. Um, but anyway, she said she wanted to go in. A, so the model that she was in, right, or the thing that she was doing, you know, like wasn't exactly like what she maybe envisioned or maybe thought like was going to be a beneficial, like none of nothing kind of felt right. So she went and did the thing 
that like people were coming to her with problems, right? So yeah. she had a problem or people had problems. Like they were coming, they had shoulder stuff, they had hip stuff, they had this, that. And they were like, oh, I've been doing this CrossFit thing and my knee hurts. And, you know, so then you start like exploring a little bit. Oh, like maybe I should try this out and see why all these people are getting hurt or see why, what these people are doing that's causing them to have pain. Good. And then that brings you down into like into CrossFit where we met. Mm-hmm. And then shortly after, you know, like engrossing yourself in that community a little bit, shortly after you started treating a little bit out of the the CrossFit gym. Am I correct? Yeah. So I largely attribute so much of my beginnings to Kelly Surrett and Wadok. And actually I'm really good friends with Wadok, so that's pretty cool. Uh, but yeah. I saw them on Instagram doing videos. Like we, back in the day, Instagram, it's come, it's come full circle, but you can only make 15 second videos. And they were putting out content. And I was just like, I think I could do this. Like, this is fun. This is interesting. And so I started doing the same largely to combat my own burnout. Uh, I wasn't trying to like make an online business. Like it wasn't a thing back then. It was just like you put content out. There was no like real end game. It didn't seem like it was just like put this out. And while I was still treating in the clinic and from there, it started kind of uh, snowballing, if you will, into treating at the box. And I actually didn't strategically didn't tell people that I was a physical therapist when I went to 718. Cause I was like, I'm not mm-hmm. trying to like come in and like, be like, Oh, you got to come see me. Like, I was just like, I want to join CrossFit and learn these things uh, and, and figure this stuff out. And they actually asked me to start treating out of the space that they had. And I was like, this is dope. You know, I was trying to do workshops there and do the mobility classes and just kind of trying to help people in the, the, the way that I knew how my businesses are built on solutions to problems. I saw people had these problems and I was like, Hey, I have some solutions. And it was really nice to start to branch out and start to do my own thing. Cause I was like, this is what I want to be doing. This is how I want to be treating people. I want more autonomy with this. Uh, so yeah, those are the next steps. Yeah. A little sidebar. I heard of Kelly Starrett on a podcast, I guess like one of the, I don't know if it was the CrossFit people or somebody, they had like challenged him to, and he had like, Oh, to make 365 pieces of unique mm-hmm. content. So I guess like that first year, he was like, I'm going to yeah. make a unique piece of content every day for 365 days. Yep. And that's yeah, kind of how he started Mobility Wad. Yeah. Or yep. whatever. I mean, it was just like a really interesting yeah. kind of concept like based it's off amazing. of a challenge. He's like, no, screw you. I'm going to do this 365. It's you amazing. Know. Yeah. And that's like what we're going to talk about a little bit is consistency and repetition. That's what one of Tori's questions for later. Tori is here too, by the way, folks. If you <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't talk very much. If you guys didn't know, Tori is hanging out here. Tori was our, our multimedia, everything. She's blushing excessively right now, even though you can't see. But she's here. She's maybe snapping some pictures and taking some notes, but she's here hanging out and she might chime in from time to time. But, um, so when we first met, one of the things you had, first it was like to get a muscle up, right? That, yeah. was, a, that was an that email was you sent. CrossFit 718. Mm-hmm. And second, when we started talking, it was about kind of like, I'm going to move to Cal. I hate the upstate New York. I'm moving to California. Yeah. Where do you live? I live in Southern California. It's beautiful and sunny all the time. So made it happen, right? Made that shit happen. Right? So you had a job that you weren't su- super happy with and you got a couple of opportunities in there to make it kind of where you are right now. You, you also kind of worked a little bit for a company called Rock Tape. Yeah, I worked a lot of bit for a company called Tip, and that was bit. that's a what a, a lot of bit. That's what actually allowed me to move. So, one of the things that I that happened along the way was I realized that it's important to ask for things. We already know, especially as athletes, we know inherently you have to work for things. Like you must. 
but you also must ask for things. And for the first time in my life, I'm pretty sure, I asked and I took, uh, so again, tying back to social media, I was online following people and I started following this guy, uh, Stop Chasing Pain. His name is Perry, Dr. Perry Nicholson, who is one of my closest friends and I was my self-appointed mentor. I started following him, befriended him. Um, I actually got his course hosted at our, our box in, at 718. Yes, exactly. Yes. And uh, that's you were like 50 pounds lighter at the time. Anthony yeah. was a vegan and I was like, now he's a different man. He's a different man. <laughs> but I uh, asked him, I took, so I took the rock tape course for him, right? I took it and I, when I was a PT at the time, still a PT, but I was PT treating and people were coming in kind of using tape. And I was like, what? Let me learn some more about this. And wasn't sure which class I wanted to take. I had a friend from NYU that was like, take the rock tape class. It's more than just tape. It's good. And I saw that, um, that Perry was teaching it. So I took it for him. And that was really what opened my eyes to the fact that I could do more, that I could maybe teach, that I could treat in a different way, that there was more to the body. Like you don't really learn the interconnected nature of things necessarily in school. You got to learn like how not to hurt people. And I was like, holy smokes, this is what I've been missing. And so at the end of that class, I actually asked him and I was like, how do I become an instructor for this? I'll do whatever it takes. It doesn't matter how long it takes. I want to do this. And that was literally one of the biggest things that changed the entire trajectory of my life. I, you know, Perry put in a good word. I was at the right place at the right time and had asked. I got in with rock tape and I doubled down. I actually quit my job and just traveled exclusively for them, teaching for them. Um, and and then I was still treating kind of like out of the gym, doing like out of renting space from my friends, but teaching a ton for them. That was my main source of income. And it allowed me to move to California because I was like, hey, I don't need to be near JFK. I could be near LAX. Right. I'm just flying and traveling all the time. Um, and so that's what largely allowed me to move. You know, it took me a few years to do it, but the time will pass anyways. You might as well be working towards your goals. Uh, that is what allowed me to move over here. And now I am here. I actually just retired from them, Anthony, like two weeks yeah, ago. I post. Yeah, yeah. So you guys did you guys have like a Zoom like send off? Yeah, we had like a <laughs> bunch of us retired. I mean, it's been five years that it went by oh, wow. the past, maybe a little more. Um, yeah, so I'm done, you know, next chapter with that. But and at the time too, I th- I would say you were kind of with them through like their biggest growth when she said yes. like when you started with them they probably weren't as big absolutely a, i mean it was right now one of those things like right place right time which i i am a big proponent of like you create your own luck so i i almost hesitate to say like right place right time like acting like we had no part in it i had no part in it because you have to again ask and do the things um but there was definitely that kind of serendipitous part to it where they were expanding. And that's how, that's why they brought me on actually. So Rock Tape was started by Cryros and they needed more, more PTs. And they had just partnered with this company. I think it was called Cross Country Education at the time to offer classes during the week. And they needed people to do that. And so I was like, okay, I'll figure it out. I'll quit my job. Like I ended up quitting my job uh, way earlier than I thought I would because I was like, I'm going to go all in on this. I actually love it. And that company taught me the value of a an intra, a true entrepreneur model in which you understand that when your people grow, you as a company grow and it's in your best interest to help them. Uh, and they did that for me because they understood like if I was marketing myself and they knew like if people come to this class for the maestro, they're paying us. Our brand is getting out there as well. Like this exactly. is mutually, exactly, mutually beneficial. Um, so I was definitely with them through 
the years that they like had the biggest growth and CrossFit was really huge. Like that was one of the things that was great for rock tape was, was CrossFit and CrossFit was at its height. Uh, so there was definitely the right time, right, right place aspect to that for sure. And, and that, that brings me to another point. Cause we actually were just in, in our physical education. Cause I, I teach, for those of you who don't know, I teach physical education kind of part time right now as I run and operate a gym and uh, the opportunities that we're teaching for the last, I don't even know now, since like before Thanksgiving, we've been fully remote. So I've been teaching physical education classes through Zoom. So what we've been doing is teaching kids about character, setting goals, processes, so on and so forth, to try to give them an idea to live a better and healthier life. One of the things that came up in our assignment for this week was this idea of having enthusiasm for what you're doing, right? And then the difference between abundance and a scarcity mindset. Now, these are two things that like, you live and breathe all the time, yeah. right? Enthusiasm, like loving yes. what you do, like absolutely loving. And, yes. and, and I think you made a post recently about like, I'm going to keep showing you my best life because I am not shameful that I'm doing the thing that I want to do, yep. right? I've been talking about, you know, you keep, like I said, you've been talking about this for a long time. Like you wanted to move to California. You wanted to, mm-hmm. I, mean, I think, you know, at the ceremony that, that we had, you know, a while ago, where you were giving a speech and you were like, I'm going to build an empire type of thing, like in your, in like your speech in that, in that situation. And like this, you know, we're talking four or five, six years later, um, here you are and you have this, um, and the abundance and you're like, what you're talking about with rock tape is they had this idea that an abundance mindset, right. Building your people up and everybody's, everybody can win from this thing. Can you kind of elaborate on what like an abundance like I can, but like, I think you, you can be better to do that. Like the abundance versus like that scarcity mindset and like how it can benefit you, whether you're a business individual, whatever entrepreneur, however that might look. For sure. I think part of that, you know, the, the easiest is that there's plenty to go around. So when we're thinking about businesses and, and things like that and opportunities that there is, is plenty to go around. Um, but I think the more tactical uh, explanation there is there will be more opportunities, which doesn't mean wait. It means take this right now, create a void, and it will be filled in with something else. And you can go after that. I think people wait and they kind of are like, but what about? And I'm not sure. There's endless possibility, but you have to actually go and do that thing. I think people think like, well, once I go do that, it's finite, it's done, there's nothing else. Like, no, I I stole the quote from from a, a book, but the universe hates a void. And so when you go and you do these things and you put them into action, there is absolutely this ripple effect where then the next opportunity comes from that and the next opportunity comes from that and the next opportunity comes from that. But only if you go and take action and do these things. I think that we're kind of fixated on what we know when this small, you know, what's right directly in front of us. Nothing wrong with that. But once you start moving and making moves, you start to realize just how much opportunity there is, just how much potential is, just how many ideas you have. I see it with social media where people are like, oh, I'm going to save that post for like next week. And I'm like, put that thing out right now. Create a void. Talk about it while it's top of mind, while you have that passion, while you have that fire, because there's more to come. These things are are limitless, endless. There's there is truly abundance. So, yes, I think we talk about it in terms of like competition, and and we should understand there's plenty to go around for sure. But I also want people to understand that when it comes to opportunities, 
Right? There will be plenty. You can create more. Right? They're not just going to fall into your lab, but you can create more. You do this first thing that leads to the next thing. It creates space, creates room, and that gets filled in by the next thing. And it's just onward and upward from there. For sure. Love it. And then we're talking about endless possibilities. I think even now, more so than ever, right? Like if we take the last four to six years and like the, the, the idea that social media is now this, like you said, when you first started, like building a brand on social media, like wasn't a thing. thing. No, it It didn't even exist. And now whatever it is you want to do, like if you want to be a painter, an artist, uh, this or that, but you know, a, a fitness influencer, a, you know, whatever it is, mm-hmm. like you have it in everyone, ha- almost everybody has this thing in their hand that yep. they can create with and do something with. Yep. It's incredible. Right now is the best time to be alive. I know there's a lot of stuff going on and I get it, but it is hands down the best time to be alive because you don't have to wish for anything. You can literally make anything happen. It's not going to happen overnight and you have to sacrifice and make choices and it's going to take time, but you can literally make anything happen. I truly believe you can have anything and everything you want. You can't have it all at the same time, but we have endless opportunities and endless possibilities. I, you know, even like I look at your post that you make and Tori, I'm going to shout you out here and the post that, that Tori helps you, that helped, she helps you create these things. You, a few years ago would have been impossible. You'd have to hire a studio. You'd have to like outsource all this stuff, pay a million dollars. Yeah. And now look at us. We can create this super high level, high quality content. We can put like just the thought of Anthony, like putting text on top of a video. Like let's like go back seven years ago. Oh, time consuming. How would that even happen? I'd be like, uh, the files are in the computer. I don't know. Yeah. Like, we couldn't do that. And now but you when, can. Yeah, really- when they made apps, they were able to actually do it for, like right on, on your phone. You can do like, your phone. Mind blowing, yeah. It's amazing. You can make text appear. Like you can make a commercial on your phone. If you, want. you can make an advertisement. You can run ads if you really want. You can run your whole business. You can have your own website. Just the thought of creating your own website right now. So actually, Anthony was on my first website. He was the background. We took the picture in front of the wall at CrossFit 718 of him doing an overhead squat. He was the happened. background. Like we, we, we can do these things ourselves and literally like lift ourselves up. It is truly the best time to be alive. Truly. And, and, you know, like to, to even piggyback off of that, you know, like how long did it take? Cause I'm going to go, I'm gonna hit two things here. How long did it take you to kind of build this, you know, this maestro thing where it's, you know, it's like your main source of income, I guess now. Like how long did it take you to kind of really like get that engine going? Uh, overnight success. It took about 10 years, I would say. Yeah. Uh, so overnight, <laughs> 10 years overnight. Exactly. So she took a nap, woke up 10 years later and it was done. I was like, okay, here we are. Yeah. Here we are. So, you know, so, my, my first post on Instagram was September 24th of 2014. Right. Um, so, you know, so we're looking at all those different things. So like going to PT school, finding a void, doing these different things, like understanding like, Hey, I didn't want to really do this, start changing things, start posting, start doing that stuff. And now we're talking, you know, six, eight, ten years later. Now um, we had talked briefly before this because I, I, you know, Shantae and I are good friends that like COVID right last year, everything shut down and Shantae because of her position, 
right? As a, as a digital media person or a digital business person, um, had a great opportunity, yeah. right? Because now, like, like she was saying, it's a great opportunity to do anything you want to do. And because people are looking to kind of create these things, Shantae was in that void, right? So there, that the void was bigger than ever, right? Because everyone's trying to create and Shantae was there and had an outstanding year. It was amazing. Last year was absolutely phenomenal. And, you know, like you said, businesses are built on solutions to problems. People had a problem that I had already been solving. Uh, so that was phenomenal. And then there you had that, yeah. that kind of right time, right place where this is kind of thing. I love that you bringing it up like on the heels of how long does it take? Because it can take a really long time to be in the right time at the right place. Yeah. Well. So, I mean, yeah. So it's just like you, like you had said, it's, it's kind of like you said it before with the, the rock tape thing, being in the right time, the right place, but that's kind of like a, an opportunity of our own creation, Yes. Uh, like being there and being a part of the process and being a part of the thing. I just wanted people here to hear that there are people out there. And I think we talked about this in, in the podcast I did on yours, that people are having success. Oh yeah. Even with like COVID my and all best year by far. And it's not just, yeah. And it's not just Amazon who's blowing up. Exactly. It's there's, there are other like small businesses. There are other people who are, you know, making a living off of their, their own thing, uh, their entrepreneurial spirit. And like, they're still being successful with 100%. it. And I think people like, it's really positive to hear um, that people are having success with yeah. that. And it's not all just like dredge and dreary and, and negative. Totally. And Huge success. Best year financially, business-wise, made the pivot fully into, so, you know, I started 2020, my goal was to actually travel less. I was still doing a lot of in-person stuff and mm -hmm. traveling a ton, but just for my own business as opposed to doing it for Rock Tape. So that was part of my goal too, was to like really pivot the business and be more online because I didn't want to have to travel as much. So, you know, COVID really fast-tracked that and I was really grateful for that. Um, but yes, amazing year. People definitely still thriving. And for those that are listening and are like, but that's because you went online. Absolutely. And what we're going to see on the heels of this is the rebound where in-person will do well later. Because right, people are going to, people still want in-person services. People still enjoy that and, and they're craving that in-person connection. How long until it's the right place at the right time? I can't tell you, but it was a matter of seeing what, where the need was. And then, you know, luckily, fortunately, uh, that need was in an area that I was really passionate about. But the everything swings, right? It's a pendulum. It's going to go back in the other direction and we're going to see where people want in-person events and they're craving it. And maybe it becomes like a... Um, like retreats and things like that and, and conferences. I know that's a, lot of, a large number of people, which may be scary for some people, but those things are going to do well again at some point because the pendulum will go back the other way. It's just a matter of- I, I agree. I think that the in-person or that idea of, you know, like the, whatever we thought was before, I think it's going to shift and be different as well. Yeah. I think we're going to have to for recreate sure. what, what like brick and mortar models look like. Absolutely. And, um, you know, we're doing it a little bit. Well, we're, we're kind of jumping in. We've been doing it in the behind the scenes for a while, but we're actually you not, know, I can't say we're going all in because we're not closing our brick and mortar, but um, we are expanding, you know, and publicly talking about it. Like I've been doing behind the scenes, you know, programming for folks who are quarantined at the gym or who are doing mm -hmm. this, people who are just were scared to come back to the gym or whatever. So I've been building up behind the scenes and like figuring out how to offer a That's good it. digital service. And now we're going to actually roll it out to the public, which is really That's exciting. Um, but we've been, like I said, we've been doing it. Like it's like you, like you, like I haven't just been sitting still for the last year. I've been doing this gradually, right? I think someone posted on the, the mafia, which Shantae has a, her own little mafia that she has too. And I think somebody, I think it might be a quote from you or a quote from somebody, but it's like slowly, 
Is it st- steadily, steadily, or slowly, slowly? Yep, slowly, suddenly. slowly, suddenly. Slowly, slowly, suddenly, right? Yep. So it's kind of like that 10-year thing, that, that slow grind. So for the last year, like I've been building, Tori and I have been working to build a, a YouTube database of endless amounts of exercise demos. Uh, we've been building out True Coach, like figuring out the best way to, to present it, the best way to talk about it, the best way to get people to, to commit and be engaged with it. And then we have an opportunity now to roll it out. And I still think that because of the situation that people are still looking for that online platform, you know, as well yeah, as the, absolutely. the person. So, um, so yeah. And Shantae has been like a, you know, kind of like a, a mentor, my, uh, I don't even know what, what do you want to call it? Like I'm a sounding I, board I, for Anthony. He yeah. Sounding board. Perfect. <laughs> I, I call, I text her with, with questions and random things and she throws like a, like a hand to the face emoji or like, a, <laughs> yes. I'm going to slap you if I can reach my hand through the phone emoji. <laughs> Like, why are you doing this right now? Like, we asked her a question the other day, and she was like, ah, "I don't think it's a great idea." And I was like, "All right." And then she hit me with a with a good response, and I was like, "All right, touche, touche. I will not follow through with that. I will take your advice here." Um, but yeah, very good. Like, I, I mean, this is all great, and I think this is really what I wanted to talk about. Like, we talked yeah. about Shantae is a was a PT by you know by by trade, I guess um, originally, yeah. but we haven't talked about movement at all, and. Oh why like we don't have to talk about movement because i want people to understand that you can live your best life and i know i have this conversation you know like people talk to me like how can you work 15 16 hours a day Mm -hmm. you know like i did yesterday i did a pretty long day like one of our coaches is on vacation so i i picked up shifts and i did this instead of like you know trying to find it around i was like i'll just pick up an extra shift and coach a class i'm not used to coaching i get to hang out with people who i don't get to hang out with it was a lot of fun and i worked 16 hours and I didn't lose energy at any point. I had fun. I'm in, I had excited about it. And I think people, um, when you look at your job, like maybe you did early on, and those are the type of people who get like, oh, they're so like, they're so drained all the time. Mm-hmm. They're so uh, not feeling their, 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 their gig and they struggle. So what advice would you have? Because you had said like, oh, like what, I guess, when did you decide when you got the rock tape job? That yeah. it was like, okay, I'm going to quit doing PT. If no PT, I'm making money. And like rock tape, this could this could get huge or it could kind of like fizzle out. I don't know. Like when is that, when do we make that decision or that jump? Do you, would you, do you think, or like what was the best opportunity for you? Or I know everyone's situation is different, but. Yeah, for sure. Um, for, sure. Touch on for sure. So number one, I am not a fan of the burn the ships model. So for those of you who don't know what that means, it's like, where you just like get rid of all your safety nets and then you like go all in on something. I do not subscribe to that model. I think it's a great way to be homeless. And that's like one of my biggest fears in life. So I like, I don't do that. I really am a fan of like having safety nets in place, which is why it did take so long for us to move, for me to move out here to California. It took three years. I was like, I need to have some money and like some things in place. I'm actually reading a book right now, um, Originals by Adam Grant. I'm a slow reader. I'm not going to lie. Um, and that's like what the whole beginning of the book is about is like that a lot of entrepreneurs that do well aren't actually burn the ship people. They have things in place that allow them to take risks in other areas. So they're not just like they're not just like evil Knievel risk takers across the board. They tend to be very calculated in the risks that they take. And that's largely the model that I subscribe to. So like Anthony said, everyone's everyone's uh, situation is going to be different. Like I don't have any kids. I don't I am I'm, I'm single. Like I, I'm not married. So it's I don't have those those things to like weigh into like my decision making. Whereas if maybe you do, then things may take longer and you can't make the same decisions immediately because 
you have other other lives and such that you're that you're thinking about. So number one, I do not believe in burning the ships. I do believe in kind of uh, starting that kind of side hustle. So having something in place that pays the bills, it may require you to change jobs so that you have the mental energy and mental space to be able to work mm -hmm. on something else. So, you know, when I'm talking to my PTs, I tell them, go ahead and get a home health job because that's easy for you. And you're not like mentally drained at the end of the day. And that will allow you to go and work on your side hustle and, to, and put in a 14 hour day, as opposed to like taking this job that crushes you. And then you're like, I don't have the bandwidth to work on this other thing. For sure. I also am totally fine with people doing things until they hate them. Right. <laughs> I, so what I did a lot, so much of myself, I'm like, I keep doing it. Yeah. And like, oh, I hate this. Okay, now I'm going to actually change. I don't think that as soon as you get that kind of itch that you jump ship, I'm totally fine with waiting and waiting and waiting. Because then when you do, you're like, okay, I'm ready. Like, I'm going to get out of this thing as opposed to like, you kind of leave early and then you have to put all of your eggs in this basket of this, this side hustle that's like your passion project. And you're like, it has to work. And then you find yourself with the same sense of urgency um, and almost resentment because you exactly. went too fast, and uh -huh. you don't make any money, and you're like, "Well, I got to, I can't, I can't follow through with this now because I can't, I can't feed myself." Or live or, so I'm a huge fan of having that safety net in in place, and and then you know letting this other thing grow, and not letting it growing this other thing slowly on the side. And like Anthony said, though, if you want this thing to grow, you got to be willing to put in the time for it, and that does mean you know working before work, working after work. You know, Anthony wakes up like. 1 a.m. to start his day. And I'm like, immediately, no, I can't do that. It's 1 a.m. for you because you're in Cali. <laughs> it's, well, it's, it's 4 a.m. for me. So I'll, anyway. I'll, send, I'll send her a DM on Instagram and she'll respond. I'm like, why are you responding at 4 a.m.? She's like, why are you DMing me at 4 a.m.? I'm like, well, it's 1 a.m. over there. So, <laughs> so to, go, to touch upon her point a little bit because I because the burn the ship model, because when we, if, if you don't know, like I just said, I was a physical education teacher. When I first started CrossFit Utica, which is now Prime, I was a physical education teacher full time. Um, so I was a full-time yes. teacher and, yes. and I was in the gym. Exactly. So I had two full-time jobs and then it got to a point after two years where I was like, okay, like the gym is growing. I need to spend more of my time on that thing. And it allowed us to grow exponentially faster because all of the profits that came in there you go. went directly back into the gym. It allowed us to get more equipment faster. It allowed us to grow and do these things, hire coaches and hire, do different things that I wouldn't have been able to do if this was my main source of income. And we had six members in the first month. Nailed it. That's what yeah. allowed me to switch as well with Rocket. Yeah. So I didn't, I had the plan to, I got the job for Rocket in like uh, maybe July, something like that. June, maybe June. I think mm -hmm. I got confirmed in June and I told my boss that I would leave the following June. I was like, okay, uh, I am going to be moving to California anyway, so I'll stay with you until then. I got the job with Rock Tape. I saw how it was paying and I had already, I, this time I was also, so I had a full-time job as a PT. I got this gig with Rock Tape and I was doing my side hustles of, you know, renting space at people's places, going, doing concierge PT. So I had safety nets. And after seeing like the income from Rock Tape, that's when I was like, if I want to grow this thing, I have to go all in and I can. I know I can still feed myself between this and the side hustles. Now I can leave my job. And so I actually, I actually like left in August and like way early, but I way, early. Yeah. Way, way early. And we had a talk. And I, you, know, you said I'm going to be, I'll be gone for a year, but yeah. really it was like two months. I'm yeah. Sorry. And I, I went in and told him she knew right away. She was like, you're going to leave, aren't you? And I was like, in two months. Like I just, I'm I done. think we have to realize it's okay to change. It's okay to do different things. We, people tend to stay in things that we, that we don't like because it's familiar and it's safe. 
right? And it's not actually truly safe. It's just that it's familiar. So our nervous system's like, oh, I know what this is. As soon as you start moving forward and you, again, abundance, you see all the opportunities, you're like, oh, actually, I can make these things happen, especially when you do have some sort of safety net, uh, say some sort of safety net in place, which like Anthony said, he was still working that for that full-time job. And it will require that you spend a lot of time doing these things. And like you have early mornings. And, you know, when I started growing the Instagram account, like I would be creating content during the morning. I would stay during lunch. I would stay after work. Like I remember staying and, and recording things at like nine o'clock at night just making these things work. I'm seeing clients on the weekend. I'm dragging my table around, but putting these things in place because I know that I had this this goal that I wanted to get to. And the only way to get there is to, to, to put in that work. And now she wakes up at 11 a.m. with Rupert. The Dude, 7.30, Anthony. I wake up at 7.30. Well, I don't know. Well, again, it's that's 10.30 on my time. <laughs> <on> my time. <laughs> so, Tori, I mean, I know I've actually, Tori and I talked about the questions beforehand, but I actually forgot them already. I took some of them. I took some of them. See, I told her I was going to blend them in somehow. Um, so they must have been in there subconsciously. But is there anything that we missed? I could talk about money. Money? That was for money. Oh, oh, she did want to talk about money. So like, um, well, like, uh, like valuing yourself, Mm -hmm. like when you're starting. So, so as, so this can go into, I'm starting my own thing, right? This is completely new to me, right? I'm, I'm leaving this job that I've had, you know, maybe by trade, I'm no longer this thing and I'm going into a different, different career path, an Mm -hmm. entrepreneurial career path. Like how do I price my stuff or how do I, you know, value my stuff initially because like you know from your business coaching and from you know like I'm, I'm in your i'm active in your mafia group i see all their stuff i may not be actively typing and doing stuff but i'm kind of like you i sit back and watch and see um a lot of folks and i have this too with our trainers in the gym they have a tough time selling their services yeah. for something that value like the value that they need we had a personal mm-hmm. trainer in, in our gym recently so, uh, somebody uh, one of our clients was like hey would it would it be more monetarily beneficial for you to come to my f- house and train me there mm-hmm. and i asked her i was like hey so how much do you make here for an hour training session and then like what would you charge somebody to go there now this is an inconvenience for you like you have to travel 20 minutes to their house you have to travel 20 minutes back are you factoring that time in there so really if you're trying to charge them you have to charge them double unless you're not valuing your time to get to place a to b yeah and she's like no i didn't really think about that i'm like well yeah you have to think about like your time is money so how do like how would you talk to somebody who's trying to, to switch gears and go into this entrepreneurial like entity yeah like how do you price or value yourself or like what would you um give an advice in that that scheme there for sure this is my favorite thing to talk about so a few things number one you simply set the price the customer determines the value of it so like let's put that out from the beginning you can make whatever you want but your customer is going to decide how much this is actually worth to them and how much they actually value it so so many other factors go into that do they like you things like that um, stories they've been told but this kind of ties back into what I said a little bit like, you know, a few minutes ago about doing things until you hate them. Mm. One of the things that we have to remember as coaches is that we are coming from a place of five years, six years, 10 years of experience. And so it is easier for us to be like, I know that driving would annoy me and then I'm going to have to charge more for new people. They don't. And I used to kind of have that discussion with them. And now I'm just like, try it. You will learn. And so if they price themselves at $5, 
And then they go and do it and they're like, this is terrible. And I'm like, you've just learned a phenomenal lesson and you won't do that anymore. So one of the things that I see with new people is that they really struggle with pricing. And I'm like, literally just pick a number and get started. I see too often on social media and such that people are like, charge your worth. Understand that money and charging and your worth are completely separate. I don't mm -hmm. like that, that business coaches put them, it's kind of this shaming kind of thing that's like, but it's also super nebulous that they put them in the same sentence. Like I can charge $5 and still value myself a ton. Like I have, you and me, I think are two people that have like the most confidence and like both of us are like, we're great, we're great people. So I have a ton of, of confidence and I value myself. But if I'm like, hey, I'm just trying to get reps, I'm just trying to get people in the door, I'm going to price it lower because this is what I feel comfortable. This is where I'm in my integrity. This is what I have the confidence for. This is what I know I can deliver on. So when I first started and I was treating out of the box in seven, at 718, I charged $40 for an hour for coaches really and $60 for like not a coach. If you want a session with me right now, I am $400 an hour and I will not bat an eye at that. But I am, you know, what is it? Six, seven years into this and know that I can deliver on that and know that I want to price it in such a way that only certain people reach out to me. Like, there's a lot of reasons, a lot of storytelling that goes into pricing. Like, pricing is arbitrary, but there's a lot that goes into like why you decide to do that. But, For sure, because you don't want a thousand inquiries exactly at this time in your life, right? Because of where you're at. Like I personally, I don't want that either. I don't want to be yep. bombarded with things that take away my time from other things. Exactly. So like, I'm, I'm going to price people out of it and be fine with that. And I can create other services. It's like why well, you know what's part of the reason I have the the mafia that Anthony spoke about because I did want to offer something that was low price that a lot of people could get value out of. But I was like, how do I make this worth my time, and how do I make it? accessible. Okay. I'm going to spread the cost across. So it's only $37 a month to be a part of that, but I got 200 people in it. So it's worth my time to, to show up to out, you know, twice a month we have calls and to be in the Facebook group and things like that. Whereas for one-on-one -on -one time, I'm like, no, I'd rather be playing volleyball. So let me, you know, price this accordingly. But that came with years of me knowing that I could deliver on that. I think when we first start out, we're not certain that we could deliver them. Like if I, if I was a new grad, I'm like, I can't deliver on $400 an hour. Now I know I can. So my advice for people that are just starting out is literally pick a number and get started. You will use that number until you get salty. And then you'd be like, I need to change this. And yeah, that's what I was going to talk about. Because I think one of the things that we had talked about a while is you were like, oh, I don't offer free stuff because then you're going to start like resenting those people. Mm -hmm. Like, because you start getting yeah. salty. Like, yeah, why am yeah. I still doing this for $10 exactly. an hour? This exactly. is so stupid. So you find uh, better ways to do it. Like I am all about low cost, do things for free in the beginning, like do workouts at the park, whatever, just get the reps in. But at some point you're going to be like, I don't like doing this anymore. And then you learn the lesson and then you raise your prices and then you keep raising them until, you know, you so you're happy. You're not having that salty feeling anymore. Exactly. And then anything, you know, you touched upon something else too. Tori had kind of talked about it beforehand. I remembered one of the things that she had talked about. Yeah. Uh, she talked about repetition and consistency. Yeah. So when, when is it time to, to change gears? You know, like, when is it like, you know, like you said, until you're salty kind of thing, like, what, like if we're talking social media, if we're talking just like jobs, like when is it time to be like, Hey, like this, these reps, like I'm doing this thing and I'm not getting like the, the, the churn, I'm not getting the, the benefit of what I thought mm -hmm. I would get out of it. And like, when do I have to pivot? 
like essentially like when do I, when is it time to pivot and when is it time to like just run the course until something happens so as a as a initial gauge i tell people give yourself 18 months right i saw this quote on instagram from a movement dude and i was like i totally agree All right and so along the lines of if you gauge your progress in terms of 18 month spans you'll never be disappointed so mm-hmm. i need that person following that same movement you know protocol or like working with that 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 trainer for 18 months, uh, following that program, for showing up on Instagram, doing this thing for 18 months. And if at the end of that, they're like, I've seen zero, nothing, yeah, you should definitely be looking at different directions. Uh, But if you give yourself 18 months along that path, you're going to start to see some changes. It's important to have different um, markers, right? Different objective markers for, for growth. Right. So if, cause I'm thinking of from like the PT perspective, like, no, you shouldn't go to the same PT would have zero progress. And then after 18 <laughs> months, be like, it's time to change. Well, but PT, you can see some benefit right away. No, you should see, it depends on what your markers are. So is right. it that you have less stiffness? Is it that you can walk for one more minute? Like we need to have also very clear, reasonable metrics that we're looking at along the way. Um, and very like, you know, reasonable is a word metrics that we're that we're using to be like am i making some sort of progress but overall when we're looking like should i totally change jump ship things like that is it working or is it not 18 months is a phenomenal um phenomenal time span it gives you enough information and you will see traction if you're doing the right stuff and you're doing things consistently right like you look at a lifting program if you're following something you're not like jumping around from a million different things and you're even if you're just doing like the most basic lifting program like you will see benefits after 18 months you'll see them along the way so that's where the consistency comes in if you're doing a million different programs and it's like well maybe you're not gonna see anything yeah i mean i was gonna talk about that but you just hit it on the head like i was gonna say like you got to do that thing consistently for 18 months not program hop not nutrition diet hop or whatever other hopping you want to do back and forth um it's got to be a consistent effort um, because you're never going to know if it actually truly worked if you weren't consistent with it. And I think what one thing was, uh, you know, Ben, uh, knees over toes guy, mm-hmm. he had posted a, a February challenge, which was kind of interesting because I was going to take him up on it, but I was like, oh, I've already failed at it. Um, <laughs> but his thing yeah. was like no entertainment for the month of February. Like he was talking about like building a brand or building, doing something, right? Mm-hmm. He was talking about building his own brand and like how he did it. And he was talking about like not doing things, not that were, I guess, quote unquote, entertaining or like mind draining, like Mm. social media, watching TV or doing whatever. Like his idea was like to unplug and get, put your head down and and go to work essentially. Mm. Um, And it was a really cool concept. And I was like, oh, I could do that. I could probably do that for for a month and really get some things off the ground. And then it was like eight o'clock at night. And my wife was like, let's watch a show. And I was like, all right, let's watch. I think that yeah. that balance there is super important. Like for sure, for sure. He was just talking about for the month of February. He's like, it's a yeah. short month, and right. and like just try to do this thing. And I thought yeah. it was really cool to think about it like that, and like not do like because we all have those things for sure. that we do to like veg out and not think of stuff. Whether it's like listening to podcasts or or it's just like watching YouTube and getting caught in it, or just like consuming whatever it is. You know, sometimes it can consume a half hour, an hour, three, four hours of our day. And we don't even realize it. Totally. And that's a distraction from you being doing your thing that you want to do potentially. I think he's, you know, he's a perfect example of like what it means to just have the discipline to 
do something like you could take it to the like extreme and like i'm not doing anything else um but yeah. i think people just a lot of people and we've talked about this many times i think a lot of people um they just lack the discipline to even do something like a little bit you know i think that with that 18 month time span if corona has taught us nothing it should show us how fast a year goes for sure so i, I would you know contend i'd offer up that when i say gauge your progress in 18 month spans like don't be scared that you're wasting that time it goes by so quickly i think people are so so we're so as a as a species we're so loss averse that we rather like status quo and like hold on to things that are broken and don't really work because we're like but i might lose this and you're like but you might win but people just really people are not as we do not celebrate our wins to the same degree that we grieve our losses right? we're definitely a loss averse society and as such, we all we focus on is like, suppose I miss out on something because I've been doing this for 18 months. And it's like, suppose it's the best 18 months of your life and your life totally changes. You know, I, I doubled down with with knees over toes and that's all I did for a year. Like I didn't yeah. do CrossFit. I knew my sickle, like my knees were like, we're broken. And that was actually what made the biggest difference. So, you know, I think that 18 month span as well is don't be afraid of that time passing. It's going to pass anyway. So have the courage to double down on, on one thing and focus and put in those consistent reps. And especially something that like you're saying, it could be the best it 12 months of your life, best 18 months of your life. It could be something that you end up doing for the rest of your life. Yeah. It'd be incredible. Awesome. Tori, got anything? No, that was all of it. All of it. All my questions have been answered. <laughs> so all the questions that Tori has ever had in her entire life have been answered. Tori's on brand, man. This is like what you want out of a camera person. They don't talk much. They just be filming you. You laugh. Yeah. I didn't even get to ask the question. She's just, just smiling. Answered. She's just smiling. They were answered for her. <laughs> it was perfect. It worked out perfect. So, um, yeah, I mean, this is all great stuff. And, I mean, we touched upon just about everything that I wanted to, to hit on for today. And... You know, we're almost a, where are we at? We're about 50 minutes. So it's kind of like where, where our threshold is for, for our audience, right about an hour. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, I mean, is there anything that you would like to, to chat about? I mean, we haven't talked in a little bit over the phone, quote unquote, but uh, yeah. I mean, How's everything I mean, else going? Life How's is great. Playing, playing volleyball. And I think that's been really, it's been really fun. Um, but you know, you and I both are inherently teachers. And for those of you out there that are thinking about doing something else and I'm going to start another business, like the best way to become a better teacher is to be a student and to go back to like being like a, a brand new person. It's the best way to learn about marketing as well, because we forget when we're so involved in something, we like think everyone knows and understands it. And then when you go outside of it and you're looking at marketing and you're looking for something that's new to you, you're like, man, I wish this was done better. I wish this was easier to access. I wish I could learn more about this, uh, you know, better format. Uh, and so, you know, I picked up beach volleyball because everything's life is largely unchanged over here, but indoors, is like not really a thing, but living in so in SoCal, it's okay because we, we can be outside. So I picked up beach volleyball and it's been amazing being a beginner uh, and advancing th through things and learning, learning things and seeing the value of, you know, how well someone breaks things down, how things are marketed, uh, word of mouth, right? I, I started doing volleyball because my friend Jill was like, Hey, you want to come to this thing with me? And so there's a ton of business lessons to be learned there as well so for those of you that are like man i'm stuck i'm in a rut go be a beginner find something that maybe you're like i'm a little bit interested in this and go try it out I, you learned so much i think we're gonna finish with like what would you um 
because I know I already know your answer, but I can say it for you, or you, you can just say it. Um, somebody who is like, hey, this has already been done before. Like, I, I want to do this thing, but it's already been done before. What, why, would I, why would I pursue this when a million other people have already done this thing? Uh, for sure. So, I mean, the thing I always say is once is never. Right? So there's a, there's a reason there are 57 different types of salsa on the shelf. I think, was actually my, I think that was actually my first podcast episode that I ever did was talking about variety, spice of life. Um, there's 57 different types of salsa on the shelf because people like to hear, they like different things. And so you saying it, Anthony and I look very different. We've had different lives. We speak differently. And we could say the exact same thing, exact same sentence. And if we had a group of people, 100 people in front of us, and we were like, go to the person that it resonates the most with, that group would split up. It wouldn't be like, oh, everyone's going to go to one person because of just saying the exact same thing. But I look different. He looks different. Our backgrounds are a little different, the way we speak. Maybe, maybe they get to see that Anthony has kids. I don't. And they're like, oh, actually, you know, I want to be with someone who I think understands me because he has kids. You don't have kids. You're not going to understand my problem. So just because it's been done before is really largely proof of concept. So it's actually more reason to do it. And then I would say the biggest thing is do it and post it and put this stuff up, stuff up because you want to, because it helped you, because it means something to you. As long as we're searching for that external validation, you'll typically quit pretty quickly because it doesn't come, that stuff doesn't, doesn't happen overnight. So yes, it's been done before, but once is never. And you should start these things, do these things, grow these things, build these things, make these things because it matters to you. Absolutely. And we'll end there. Your voice is unique. You, you are your own person. And that's kind of like what the underlying theme of that all is. So do you enjoy? Shantae, where can we find you on you all the places? On the easiest one is the Instagram, because uh, I don't like anything else. But you can find me on Instagram. <laughs> My handle is the Movement Maestro. Maestro is spelled M A E S T R O. All things are there. I have a website. It's the same thing, themovementmaestro.com. Um, but Instagram is the easiest and the best. She did do TikTok for a little bit. She yeah, has some good ones too. I made them just for Instagram. I got a Facebook page as well. I'm a, I have my handle on all the things, but Instagram is my main my main spot. The main jam. All right. So again, thank you. Uh, we really appreciate you coming on. Uh, great talking to you, catching up, being on the other side of it and listening to you chat about some things that are really passionate uh, to you. And um, until next time. This was awesome. Tori, Anthony, thank you so much. It's, I'm very happy to be on the other side of this. And this is the easy side. So Yeah, that's a fun side just to get chatted. That's it. All right. Have a great day. You too. Enjoy the warm weather. It's snowing here. Immediately, no. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys. Thanks again for listening to the Prime Podcast. We had another great show with Shantae, a.k.a. The Movement Maestro. Please look her up on Instagram. She's great and creates a ton of content. And if you're looking... To change your life and find your prime, she is the one to help you do it digitally. As always, we'd love to hear some reviews and some recommendations to keep this thing going and help you find your prime. Until next time. <laughs>